our friend on Facebook. Post on our wall your thoughts about our shows and network. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaSports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. It's time to talk from the inside of sports. It's time for G. Cobb in the House with Gary Cobb and co-host Micah Warren. We'll talk to and about players, front office personnel, agents, and the newsmakers in and around sports. Now, here are your hosts, G. Cobb and Micah Warren. Hey, what's happening, everybody? Welcome to G. Cobb in the House. I'm Micah Warren along with Gary Cobb and Jason Ashworth. Can everybody hear me okay? Because I'm getting a little bit of a breakup. Can you guys hear me all right? Yeah, I hear you. Okay, well, I'll do my best because it is kind of coming in and out. So, we got a lot to talk about tonight. Um, obviously, the the, uh, the big move of the week was the Eagles making Juan Castillo their defensive coordinator. Um, and people that follow along with com obviously have, have read all uh, everyone's thoughts on it. Um, but it's, uh, it's a big deal for a variety of reasons. Because you wonder to what degree is this Andy's last major move if this doesn't work out. Um, I, I don't know that, and Jv, can you put, uh, Mike Mullen was a receivers coach with the Ravens, and they made him defensive coordinator. Other than well, that, you know, it, it's, it's, um, I mean, it, it has happened before. See, uh, the big thing about this is that it's not the fact that um, that they made this move. It's normally done earlier in a guy's career. And uh, and then he stays where he's at, on the side of the ball where he's at. But the big thing that concerns me about this is I think in due time that Juan will be a good defensive coordinator. But the fact is is that he really doesn't have any time to learn. I mean, uh, the the the, port, the place where this spread, where this regime is is this is not a time for patience. You know, it, right? Nobody wants to hear about waiting for this or waiting for that. You know, they're supposed to be trying to win a championship next year. And to put a guy in there who doesn't have the experience, that's the main, that's the main point. Other than that, uh, you know, the guy knows football, and he'll eventually develop into doing a good job there, I believe. But the fact is, is that he just doesn't really have much time to learn because nobody's got any patience right now in Philadelphia for this football team. They want him to win right now. Nobody's talking about waiting. You know, that, that's the issue. And... I don't see how he, – he's got to definitely learn, do some learning next year. So you've got to bring in some experienced people at the linebacker position and at the secondary position to make sure that he doesn't fall on his face. Everyone's still there. I just – everybody cut out for me. Jay, you still yeah, there? Well, Jay, yeah, well, that, that, that's, okay. that's what I see, you know, is that uh, the big thing is that you just don't have time for him to – to bump his head, and he just doesn't have any experience at the position. And this is the time right now with this team that people don't want to hear about waiting on the team. They want them either to win or let's change people that are in charge. Let's 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 let Andy move on 
And that's the thing that you kind of put, you put them in a tough situation because you do this now during this time. And it's amazing the difference that, you know, only one week makes. Because I remember, for all intents and purposes, last week we were on here talking about, you know, okay, who's going to be? Is it Darren Perry they're interested in with the Ma? I mean, we're throwing around these names, and the, the common argument was, why well, you know, McDermott didn't have experience, and these guys don't necessarily have experience either. So, you know, it's kind of a lateral move. And then here they go and hire their offensive line coach. And I just wonder how many people would have been more comfortable with a Darren Perry or with or, or somebody that may not have had the experience as a defensive coordinator, but still had experience on the defensive side of the ball. So it's almost like, in terms of comfort level, we may the organization or at least its fans may have felt like a step backwards, just in terms of comfort level, not necessarily at the end of the day, which is comfort level with where you know what this move speaks of and where the organization is headed. It's almost like they just kind of took one step backwards and, and hoping to get two steps forward. Well, and the thing about the search, the search started out where they're looking all over the place, and then they come back and hire guys right on the staff. Um, that's what um, it doesn't look like. It was a clear plan. Now, I know Andy could say, because when I was sitting over there, you know, for him to say, oh, yeah, well, we were looking at Juan all along. That's garbage. Yeah, right. That's, well, let me, yeah, ask, that's let not, me ask this. How much, because... I agree with you both. I really do. I, I don't think that they were. But how much of it is maybe because we had heard the whole time, look, no matter who we mentioned, no matter if it was Perry or Moss or the guy from the Vikings, whoever we mentioned, they were pretty consistent in saying, look, that's not the dark horse. Because there was this talk of a dark horse. So I guess the question I'm asking is how much of Howard Mudd, coming to terms with Howard Mudd, you know, allow them to say, okay, boom, this was our dark horse. Like, I'm not saying they were looking at Castillo, but if they were waiting all along to wait to say, okay, well, we have to fill his spot before we can even reveal that we're looking at him. Do we think Howard, you know, Howard Mudd finally coming on allowed them to say, yep, this is the guy? Well, and we you know, you can say that. It, it just doesn't seem like this, it just doesn't seem like that was, you know, the, the plan the whole time, though. I, I tend to agree with you. I just think a lot, they couldn't, they couldn't say anything about Castillo until they had, and for all intents and purposes, yeah, we all know Howard Munn's a great offensive line coach. Uh, but I mean, they can't they can't sit here and say anything about their offensive. They can't fill one fill one position to create a void in another. Well, here's uh, I mean, I, I, and Jay, you could be right. I mean, that that makes sense that they need to replace Castillo if they were going to move him. But the bigger problem to me, and gee, what you said before too, is the timing of this. Now is not the time to. To play around and say, well, maybe he can do it. That's not. That's not what this team is. A bigger problem too is look at the candidates they had. Other than a few early on that were bigger names. I mean, they were digging deep. They were digging deep on like, you know, assistant safety's night manager, you know, from the Cardinals. They were digging deep into coaching staff. I, I felt all along for this defense to perform well, they were going to need somebody, Mangini, somebody that had experience, somebody that can that's proven themselves. So Castillo aside, it really was an underwhelming group. And then, you know, you got the Super Bowl guys. Okay. Do they have to hire one of the guys that's in the Super Bowl? No, but you're going to tell me that they're not worth interviewing if you're going to interview these other guys you've interviewed? Come on. You know, that, that's why it doesn't seem like a, a smooth move. I mean, it doesn't seem like it's a, a, a well-thought-out plan because if you're going to interview – 
the guy with the Saints, you're not going to interview a guy that's in the secondary of the of the uh, of the of the Packers or a guy in the secondary of the of the Steelers when who have the Saints stopped? I mean, so agree. You know, so when you look at it from that standpoint, that's where it's not a clear picture. And uh, if you waited all this time, why wouldn't you wait to at least talk to those guys? See, and that's why, you know, I, I just don't, you know, to me, I think part of this, now this is not all of this. Part of this to me was Andy, he knows he's not going to be here for so long, but he's taking care of a guy that went to bat for him for a long time. And, uh, you know, perhaps Juan wanted to be, he, he, says, he said he always wanted to be a defensive coordinator. He's taking care of him, you know. Now, you think I, I hope it all works out. Already? What's that? You think Andy sees the door already? No, but he doesn't know if he's going to get another chance. You know, if they have a bad year, Andy knows he's gone. So he has made Juan a defensive coordinator a guy that was one of his loyal soldiers all these years, you know, I, I think he wanted to take care of him. So, well, let me ask you this, too, just playing off of that, because um, it's an interesting point. I, I didn't really, to be honest with you, I didn't think of that. Um, is that, in, in essence, in a nutshell, is that him just kind of waving the white flag then? Because you would think a guy who, who it doesn't necessarily see the door but may not get another chance would want to do everything in his power to win and win now. And I can't well, see that he thinks that Juan Castillo of the options out there gives him the best possible option on defense. So uh, is, you know, I, I, I will say this: the white flag. No, I will say this, and this kind of I, I kind of leave an opening for what I said before, which is that secondary coach is the key. Okay. See, because you you've got a guy in um, Jim Washburn, okay. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, you can get you a veteran linebacker coach, too. And you kind of shelter one. See, you got those experienced guys there. They really shelter one. I mean, because, you know, you got you got guys that could have all kind of experience right around him where, yeah, he's walking in there with defensive coordinator tag on his desk. But ultimately, when they're doing all the talking, he's getting input from all these guys, and they're going to save him from himself to correct him and, and make sure everything's online. And Andy's peeking over there to make sure everything's going in the right way. I mean, it's like, uh, it's like uh, you know, um, what's his name, McDermott down in, in Carolina. Come on, he's not no defensive coordinator. Ron Rivera is. It's actually a good situation for McDermott. Yeah, he but, could but you be see how – Coordinator, but not. See, that's right. And, you know, they can do the same thing with, uh, with Juan and, and help him so they make sure that he succeeds. And, and that's what I think – that's why I think that – you know, if if uh, if he's wise, he will try to grab one of those guys off of those units. If let's say he can he can take Darren Perry and say, well, he's secondary coach over the entire secondary, whereas in Green Bay he was only over the safeties, and and maybe they give him a boost in pay and take him. You know, and then you've got a guy with experience. He's back there. He's he's basically calling the secondary calls and everything. Uh, and and you don't you you don't have Juan as exposed. Uh, and, and that would be really a favor to Juan, you know. But Jay, because they really, they really messed up Sean McDermott because here he is just cutting his teeth, and then you got nobody there to help him. I mean, basically, you know, you got Shuey and and Segrist, and you know, you, uh, got, uh, you know, Big uh, Dick Jaron in there after a while, but they really uh, left that staff uh, really kind of blank. 
I guess we should just count our blessings that he didn't go make Seagrass the defensive coordinator. <laughs> I, I wouldn't have been completely shocked. But, gee, as a former player, especially on the defensive side of the ball, you have to buy into that system. Do you, is there a chance some of these guys are like – I mean, Asante Samuel's reaction was just like, oh, really? And then he kind of covered for himself. Do you think these guys on the defensive side – would you buy into this? Gee, would it, if, if Buddy Ryan did this to you? A little different because Buddy well, runs see, defense, but you don't. See, the whole mean. thing is, originally, no, you're not going to buy into this right away. I mean, he's got to he's got to prove himself to you, and that's why you need to make other experienced guys back there. Because I talked to one, and he didn't tell me that he knows everything on that defensive side because because he's been on the opposite side. He was talking about like he was still out of the line coach about, hey, we're going to drill, we're going to do this. But if you're a defensive coordinator and you got to make the calls, you got to get a feel for the game. Uh, it's a it's a different job. It is. You, know? you know what I, you know what I heard. To be honest with you both, I heard when I listened to what Wonga because I was interested. Okay, tell me, tell me what you're going to do. And then the questions were even asked. You know, how are you going to attack this? You know, what, what's going to be your strategy? And really, all I heard were cliff notes. Really, all I heard was you know what everybody. I mean, he just he basically gave me the obvious. Uh, we're going to rush up the field. Uh, we're going to attack. And uh, you know, we're, we're going to be the best defense in the league. All right, well, okay, that's what he said. What are you going to do? But what are you going to do? No, there was no think. depth in that. There was no depth in what he had to say. You anything. know, it was just, come on. Yeah, yeah, he, he really didn't say anything. It, uh, Bob, yeah. are you there? Is Bob there? Yeah, Bob, I, I was gonna, hold on. We, we had to take a break. I was going to grab Bob on the other side. Okay. All right, so, Bob, you'll join us when we get right back. Uh, we got to take a break. Uh, this is G. Cobb in the house of VoiceAmericaSports.com. We'll be right back. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. You already get the general sports headlines and discussion on TV and radio. Tune in to The Blueprint with Randall Gatewood. Yeah, we'll cover all the general big-name stuff, too, but we go beyond the typical sports radio show to bring you the details you don't get anywhere else. We'll talk about the inspirational stories and the little-known successes. If you want creativity, The Blueprint is the place to be. Tune in every Thursday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Every Monday, tune in after the weekend games for Locker Room Views with Arturo Freeman. It's a sports show that'll keep you talking. We'll go inside the minds and lives of world-class athletes and hear about their views, opinions, and life experiences about the world of sports. Your host, former NFL great Arturo Freeman, will present an action-packed hour every single week. Arturo Freeman, Locker Room Views, is live every Monday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 noon Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Here's what's happening this week on The Trail with Jim and Trav. Bassmaster Classic qualifier Boyd Duckett, controversial outdoorsman Charlie Moore, and waterfowler Jim Crowley will be our special guest. And we'll be hitting on the trail with a guy whose dog and wallet are both on chains. We're talking about those guys from Vanderbilt. Your Work Boot Center, Wednesdays at 1 Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. I'm Jim Ferguson. I'll see you on The Trail. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports.
You're joined up with G Cobb in the house featuring Gary Cobb and co-host Michael Warren. You want to get in on the conversation? Call in now. It's toll free. 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or send an email to GaryCobb at AOL.com. Remember, two R's and two B's in that name. Now back to G Cobb in the house. All right, everybody. We are back here on G Cobb in the house. I'm Michael Warren along with Jason Ashworth. G. Cobb and Bob Cunningham is now joining us. How are you doing, Bob? Good, good. About yourself? Ah, oh, just the best. Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, we were just talking about Juan Castillo and Andy Reid making this move. And doing this, I was talking with some people earlier today, and, and that got me and Jay talking, too, um, about the Eagles personnel decisions. When you look at some of their drafts with Modrak, they were just so much better. And I actually have to give the Eagles a lot of credit. To I'm, I'm just looking at some of their drafts. To still be a top team, a winning team, it's literally urinating some of these picks away. And now I'm the first one to say you can never tell on draft day. Nobody knows. Nobody knows. If anyone did, they'd be worth $10 billion. Nobody knows. Um, but not only, I'm looking at their, their past, let's say third-round draft picks. You can get good talent, cheap in the third. Uh, Daniel Teodosharm was one. Didn't have one in 09 because they traded down. Brian Smith. And then you had Stuart Bradley and Tony Hunt in 07. And, you know, before that, you're looking at Gokong and Ryan Moat. This is thoroughly awful drafting in the third round of the draft. Second round is not much better. You got Deshaun in there and a few others. Uh, this is actually some pretty poor drafting. You can actually argue they may have saved their skin with some of their later picks. Um, but it's not just the drafting. I mean, look at some of the personnel they brought in. Other than Asante Samuel, is Jason Peters was better this year. Was he worth the first-round pick and a huge contract? Uh, I, I don't think so. I mean, what tape? So if you're telling me how, Howie Roseman's the football guy, he's the GM, he's a football guy, even though he's a banner disciple and I, whatever. What tape? Who was watching tape of Ernie Sims that said, yeah, we've got to get this guy in here? How, how, many ga- how many games did you have to watch him before you're like, this guy doesn't get it, just does not get it? And so my point being is, how many difference makers are really on this team right now? I mean, guys that you have to game plan. Look at, look at the Packers and Steelers right now in the Super Bowl. How many difference makers do they have? A lot. How many difference makers do the Eagles have? Certainly on defense, let's start there. Asante and Fred Cole for half a season. I mean, you I, have I, I, agree. On I see what you're saying, Micah, I do. Um, but that, that pretty much... You can't isolate the draft as you were doing and look at the third round or look at whatever in a vacuum and say that, and say the, the Eagles don't draft well. In all reality, when you draft, when a club drafts, I mean, you try to hit on all seven or whatever your picks are, but if you come away from the, from that draft with two, three players, they players, they don't have to be studs or playmakers or the you know Pro Bowl, but good you know good contributing players. That's a successful draft, and the Eagles have done that. I'm not saying they're the best drafting team, but, I mean, you're going through and you're picking their misses. Fair enough. You could, I, I sent you the Patriots draft picks of the decade. and they were. I'm not the one that hosts the Patriots draft. I'm not sitting here saying you are, but if you want to look at a team that's won three Super Bowls this decade and people pretty much consider you know, the gold standard in terms of just football over the last decade, the people, majority of people will say that the Patriots, and their draft has been terrible. Well, you know, the last time they won a Super Bowl was seven years ago, right? 
right. No, fair it's, enough. Micah, you can pick apart this conversation however you want to make it, you know, validate your point. But you can't look at a draft in a vacuum and say that this, the Eagles draft is so much better under Modrak. I just don't think it's a fair argument. I'm not saying they're horrible drafters. I'm saying they haven't done enough draft and free agency recently to, to, to bring in difference makers. And actually, we got, we got Haran Knight now from gcob.com also. Haran, you with us? Yes, I am. How you doing? I'm great, as long as you're going to back me up and tell Jason to, you know, pound sand. Hey, uh, as long as you, if you take every other, every other team's draft history into effect and you, and you account for all that, then compare the Eagles. And, and if you still want to say that they're, you know, worse compared to other teams, okay, well, then, I mean, that's a conversation. But, I mean, give me, some, give me some facts here. Don't just look at the Eagles draft in a vacuum and start picking apart third-round draft picks. I'm looking at the fact that they haven't got <laughs> difference makers in here. Look at the first pick of their drafts recently. Brandon Graham, he's an incomplete. We don't know. Macklin has been a hit. He did a good job, but he slid to them. Trevor Laws, Kevin Cobb, uh, you know, Bunkley, Patterson, Sean Andrews. These guys are Patterson okay. is solid. You can't say Patterson He's isn't okay. solid. He's a starting defensive tackle in the NFL, and he has been. He's is a he player. A maker? Does anyone else see what I'm saying? Is he a difference maker? Um, from what we've seen of Bunkley so far, I, you can't really say he was worth a, a first-round pick. Now, that could be... Because of who they had coaching him, like we might see a huge difference with the new defensive line coach. We we don't know, but historically, a lot of a lot of their early round picks have, have been question question marks. Um, like the main ones, especially the third round. You look at the Chris Gokongs, the Tony Hunts. Um, Ron, were you on when I made that point, or are you just? No, I, I just came, I didn't even hear you say that. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, then. There you go, Jay. Sorry, Haran. Go ahead. Uh, but, but, yeah, uh, who was that? Well, Daniel Teal Nishin, um, he's another one. I, um, Brian he might Smith? be a good player, but I don't – after drafting Brandon Graham, I think that was so much of a reach. It's kind of hard to justify it. I agree, I I agree I with what you guys are saying. I have improved since – Howie Roseman has become the general manager. That's, that's my. You think it's improved with Howie Roseman? Say that again. You, say, you think it's improved? Is someone cleaning out their basement? Um, you think it's improved with Howie Roseman? I, I, I believe so. Like they've had more players, guys, like guys that you can rely on. Some, even some of their seventh round picks to get out there and do a, a decent job. You don't want them to be a long-term starters, but they're not people that you say, oh, he's not going to make it, except for Charles Scott. But that wasn't because he is a bad player. He just didn't fit the Eagles system whatsoever. Bob, Bob, you tell me, is uh, are there enough – that's what I want to know. Are there enough difference makers on this team? Uh, on the defense right now, uh, I think you got to say no. Uh, because the linebacking corps especially is very thin, and uh, you have no one across from Trent Cole. I mean, Juco Parker is a situational guy. I think we've known that for a couple of years. Yep. They were hoping Graham could be that guy. But you know, defense, rookie defensive ends are really not as productive as uh, as you would think. So uh, you knew that was going to be a growing year. The way they undervalue linebackers has, has been atrocious. That has been the biggest miss to me, I think. Uh, just 
the undervalue of, of linebackers, I just don't get it. That, that I don't understand at all. Like you said, Ernie Sims, atrocious. I mean, three, four games into the season, you're thinking, this guy doesn't belong on special teams. But, uh, yeah. He told us that before the season even started. Micah, let me, let me ask you this, because I'm still trying to get a grip on all this. So, how many big-name free agents, playmaking free agents, have the Eagles brought in over the decade? Uh, are you talking about, like, serious heavy hitters? I mean, they're, well, they're, no, they pick and choose whatever you would consider a playmaker. Because you're sitting there saying the Eagles don't have playmakers. You're so, we can include Asante Samuel. We, when they signed him, we can include Javon Kurz. You can include Terrell Owens. Uh, are there other? Go ahead. Runyon. Yeah. Okay. You can you can take Ryan. I'll give you. Yeah. I'll give you John Ryan. So he's a right tackle for ten years. Yeah. No. I'll, I'll give you that. I'll give you that. So you can take John Runyon. I mean, I don't know if he's a playmaker. He's just. I don't. It depends on what your definition of a playmaker is, I guess. But I, on, dif- difference maker. Difference maker. Like right, for what okay, they gave fine, up for Peters, and what they signed him to, he should be shut down over there. Yeah, I get it. I get it. I hear. I hear you. My point is, if they're not going out and adding these playmakers, if they're not going out and adding these players that you say the team needs. And how the hell have they been so just so? Yeah, granted, they haven't won a Super Bowl, but they've been one of the most consistent organizations, franchises in terms of wins over the last decade. How are they I doing know. that? How are they doing that's that? Why I said, that's well, why I said you know, before. I actually want to jump in here a second. I need to jump in. You know, the point that um that that Michael was making, which you know, I had written about the whole thing about a difference maker, which I wasn't really talking so much just about a good player, but the guy that lift the whole team up, you know, that if you have like four or five of these guys or six guys on the team, they make everybody else better, you know. Really, they're, they're great players. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you've got them in a place where the other team has to deal with them, but they still are going to produce even though they might be double teamed, uh, even though the other team is uh, scheming to stop them, but they still can't stop them. Uh, those type of players, and see – uh, one of the things I think that see if you're going to play a four-three, as far as I'm concerned, you got to have some of those guys on your defensive line. If you don't have them on your defensive line, you probably shouldn't be playing a four-three. Uh, you know, you got to have at least two of them, if you ask me, on your defensive line, or you're just not going to be the kind of defense that's going to be able to force the offense and dictate to the offense what they can do. So, uh, you know, in, 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 in thinking about this over some time, and, and, you know, some of the points you guys made, I, I do agree that the Eagles have maintained a certain level of excellence. But, of course, that has not gotten them a Super Bowl because I don't like the fact that they, they're so small, so small, because uh, small uh, at the linebacker, you say you're going to do speed there. You've got to be big somewhere. I, you know, I would want to be big at the tackle position, let's say. Yeah, I, I look at their defense. I don't see a defense that's able to ever impose their will on the other team. And and even with Jim Johnson's team, when they got in the, the playoffs, they didn't impose their will on the other team. Whereas you look at Pittsburgh, you look at Green Bay, they can impose their will on the other team because of these dominating, as I said, you know, difference makers. You know, you, you need some of those guys, and, and and I just don't see that the Eagles have had those kind of players. And, uh, I, you know, you talk about those defensive tackles. I can't say that Patterson and Bunkley, good players, but those are the ones that get you to the playoffs. They're not going to make plays to get you, have you win a Super Bowl. Yeah, I agree with that. 
I agree. That's a that's a, that's a fair assessment. So when G says that you agree, <laughs> when I say because no, uh, G's being realistic about it, you're just saying there are no. <laughs> You know, you're like discounting everything and putting it in a vacuum, and at least G say, "Look, they'll get you to the playoffs, but they're not going to win no, you I, a championship." And that's fact. I agree with that. You know, and I would say maybe you know they need two more of those guys. They two, need two more of those dominating players. And, and I think, like I said, you know, and I've been thinking about this. If you're going to play a four-three, you got to have a couple of those guys on your defensive line. You know, or or you're not going to have a pass rush. Then you got to bl- rely on the blitz, and and then you know I think you get exposed. You know, uh, you know like Green Bay, they they blitz, but they're blitzing. They still got four guys rushing, and they got the same amount of guys that are dropping into their pass. So you know you're really not taking chances. Uh, and you're you're going to see the same thing with Green Bay. You know, they'll, they'll uh, you know they got some guys that can beat a guy man to man, just beat their man. So. No, I hear you. Oh, we'll, we will continue this discussion on the other side. We're going to take a break. This is G Cobb in the house on VoiceAmericaSports.com. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. These days, everyone is looking for information on staying young, healthy, and fit. The Voice America Health and Wellness Network is here to help you on your quest to better health and a better you. We talk about everything from diet, fitness, and aging to substance abuse, personal growth, mental health, and much more. Learn from our experts who cover health and wellness from traditional and holistic perspectives. Tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. Healthy living starts here. Ready for an old school in your face discussion of professional college and high school football? Tune in for talk on a variety of football related topics on the program from under the helmet with your hosts, Derek Ennard and the coach, Al Gross. You will hear the week's headlines and straight talk from the hosts and their weekly guests that are personal and provocative. From Under the Helmet is broadcast every Monday at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Sports Channel. Are you a real sports fan? Get ready to talk football and anything else sports with Kwame Lasseter, formerly with the Arizona Cardinals, San Diego Chargers, and St. Louis Rams. Kwame's got the experience, so he's prepared to talk sports with you every week on Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk. It's on the Voice America Sports Network every Tuesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, noon Eastern Time. Get ready for unpredictable fun and sometimes a sarcastic look at the world of sports. That's Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk on the Voice America Sports Network. The fans now have a voice to speak their mind. No holds barred. They need a bitch's ass and then move on. I just just think that the coach made a mistake. crazy. (laughs) NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL. Speak up. Speak up. Or forever hold your mouth. We ain't playing around here. Voice America Sports.
You're joined up with G Cobb in the house featuring Gary Cobb and co host Michael Warren. You want to get in on the conversation? Call in now. It's toll free 1 888 346 9144. That's 1 888 346 9144. Or send an email to Gary Cobb at AOL.com. Remember, two R's and two B's in that name. Now back to G Cobb in the house. And we're back talking Eagles here on G Cobb in the house. I'm Michael Warren along with G Cobb. Jason Nashworth, Haran Knight, Bob Cunningham. I'm going to need to keep writing this down to keep track of it. We're going to do roll call, I think, after every break. Uh, but during, during the break, we were talking about this, you know, why haven't the Eagles won? And, uh, of course, we don't really stop talking during the breaks. Like, the show just keeps going. And <laughs> You know, Bob, you think it's – what is <laughs> uh, – Bob, you think, you think it's the lack of attention to the linebackers. I don't – disagree with that because the point you made was if you're going to go that small now if you were a little bigger up front maybe you could get away with it i mm-hmm. still don't know that that's the case but I, well, well i mean look if you're going to have uh it has to be one or the other you, you can't do both if you're going to have small guys up front that you want to kind of push up uh push the line of scrimmage and get to the quarterback, well, then you have to have playmaking linebackers for when that blows up in your face, because it will. Or if you're going to have small linebackers, you need to have big defensive tackles who can attract the attention of the offensive line so the linebackers aren't trying to shed off guards and make plays every time. It doesn't work. I mean, you've got to have one or the other, and the Eagles never have. No, you're right. And if you look at Brian Erdogan's productive years, it's when he has tackles. What was it? No one when he was the super stud. It was uh, Ted Washington and Keith Trailer. And then mm-hmm. for a while, there was all the talk of oh, Erlacher is overrated. Yeah, because there was no defensive. Because one of Erlach, one of the problems with Erlacher, if you can block him, he's probably going to stay blocked. I mean, but if he's running free, he'll kill you. But he, even he, the great Erlacher, needs somebody up front. He needs some help. Well, I think that's too. That's why you see Ray Lewis is still productive because he has Haloti Nada in front of him, who yeah. is attracting two and three offensive linemen every play. So he is able to roam, and that's yeah. what you need your linebackers to do. But you know, their guards coming down on the backers, and they're not good enough uh, to shed them and make a play. Especially Stuart Bradley. I don't think he's ever shed a block his entire career. But yeah. I mean, you just can't have small. And small, you, you can't do it. It's got to be one or the other. Well, I'll, I'll take an, a, a, another angle too. We're looking at why they haven't been able to get over the top. Uh, I uh, not just the undersized thing. Here's another big problem I have with this team, and they do it all the time: playing guys out of position. Mm-hmm. Even like some of these draft picks that they spend higher draft picks, like we were talking about, on guys that you're going to play out of position. Yeah. I mean, they they do it every year. And at some point, how is that not part of the problem? Oh, you're a defensive end, and you're going to play linebacker. You know, the, the perfect example, and, and Haran mentioned this guy's name before, Chris Gokong. Okay, you're taking a guy with, what, 22 and a half sacks his senior year at Cal Poly? Um, he is hardwired to go after the quarterback. Oh, no, 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 we're going to put you on the strong side and let you uh, guard tight ends. What do you think about that? You're taking well, what I he think does the thing well. with Gokong uh, that they saw, too, is he, kinda, he had the linebacker build. So, I mean, I don't blame them for trying it. I do think they took him too high. And uh, if I remember correctly, that was kind of the consensus when they drafted him that they took him too high. But, I mean, let's not forget, Kakong was a C to C-plus player while he was here. 
Now, is that good enough for a third-round pick? Probably not. But no, he was okay. But I'm saying you took what his specialty was. You drafted him and completely took that specialty away from him. Yeah. So you're right. You should have. That is way too high if you were planning on converting him. Yeah. I, and I think the biggest one too for moving someone out of position, and it might seem uh, minimal, but Stuart Bradley was a Sam mm-hmm. uh, in college. So you try to move him into the middle. I, I yep. think that's crazy. I think if they put him at Sam next year, stick Cheney in the middle, you might have a linebacking course. Find someone to play Will. Personally, I like Akeem Jordan. I think he should be the guy out there. But uh, yeah. keeping Bradley at Mike for so long was crazy. And they do it on offense, too, like drafting a right tackle in Winston Justice and moving him to left. You can't take a right tackle in college and expect him to play left tackle in the NFL. Vice versa, maybe, but not the other way around. I mean, that's just crazy. Night and day. I mean, Ron, what do you think? Why are we really surprised that Juan Castillo is the defensive coordinator? (laughs) If they put put players out of position, is they surprised they're going to take a coach and put them out of position? No, no, exactly. But, Jay, this is is a point that I tried to make when I started this whole thing. Well, if I can make a point about Castillo, too. Uh, no, I didn't get to hear the entire conversation, but does anyone think that maybe this move was more about Howard Mudd than it was about Castillo? Yeah, that's kind of what we alluded to. Yeah, I, I, questioning. I, I, I could see that as, as the reason why, uh, especially if this guy was, when you look at the stats of Howard Mudd while he was with the Colts, who, who wouldn't want him? So, yeah, um, I mean, maybe he wanted... You know, he wanted to know. They're trying to coax him out of retirement. How long can you coax a guy out and then say, oh, okay, well, wait a minute. We might not want you. I'm not going to disagree. Didn't lose Castillo. Howard Mudd was absolutely, absolutely part of it. I really do believe that. But that's, uh, I mean, that's like saying you got uh, Debbie in accounting, and she's not doing her job right. So we brought in somebody else to do her job, and we made Debbie VP. Well, you know I'm not I mean? going to go as far as to say that Castillo is not doing and hasn't done his job. I mean, I'm not yeah, sure. That's that's been a great coach, Bob, but these units have not been good the last couple of years. Well, that, that most certainly is true, and I think uh, I think a lot of that goes too without not going and getting the personnel that they need. I mean, you guys are talking about Peters. I think Peters is an absolute stud. I think he was worth everything they gave up. He's going to really? be great. Uh, I mean, you look what he did with Winston Justice. He's been a Pro Bowl caliber player at certain points. Uh, Mike yeah, McLean this year. Uh, I mean, Nick Cole was good there for a while. Who knows what happened to him? But, I mean, really, Nick Cole, Max Sheen Gillis, those are the guys you go to play uh, to get to play your right guard spot. Stacey Andrews was a miss. So I think a lot of that has been personnel, too. But, I mean, you I'm look not over disagreeing with, with that, Bob. I'll give you that. How many undrafted guys has he made into starters? Jamal Jackson, you know, uh, Bubbles and guys like that. Uh, I think he's been very good. Hey, uh, Bailey was a starter. I mean, what's he doing now, too? Who? Yeah. I mean, I, I, tend to, I tend to agree with you. Yeah. Bob, I do agree. Personnel is a big problem with that, too, and it's not fair. Uh, and that's one of the reasons I can't really come down too hard on McDermott because I don't think he was – it wasn't like he was handed over the uh, steel curtain. And all well, I, I think uh, McDermott – I was never a fan of McDermott. He, he called plays like he was scared to death. Uh I hated the way he called the red zone, especially. Who doesn't know you don't play man in the red zone? It's it's outstanding. Just the moronic things he would do. You know, the blitz works one play. Well, let's not call it for two, three, four, five, six series or the whole entire game. It, he was just. He had, I think he had no idea what he was doing. None. 
I think he was in over his head, too. Um, I think it was a combination of that. But, boy, Bob's got some venom over there for uh, McDermott. Well, I think he was going for McDermott go in the middle of the season. <laughs> he, he just plays scared. And I think the thing, too, when, you, when your defensive coordinator is scared and he's calling plays scared, the, the guys on defense can pick that up. You know, you sure. can only ask a guy to go backwards for so long and then ask him to go forward. Uh, you expect him to be able to just turn it on right like that. Guys have to get into a rhythm. It's the same thing Reed does to the offensive line. You know, pass block, pass block, pass block. Okay, third and one. Well, now we need you to run block. You know, you've got to get these guys in some kind of rhythm. It, it, to ask them to just turn it on like that, it's too much. I can't disagree with you, Bob. And, I, and both both units, the offensive line and the defense, you want those units to have some type of attitude yep. as far as as far as attacking. So mm-hmm. if they're in that timid stage when they get when they're told to do come perform those tasks like running or blitzing at a certain angle, and they're not ready to do that. That's and that's why I think Wanda Steele could see. really work. <laughs> As a defensive coordinator, because he he's going to have that attitude of attack, attack, attack. You know, he's going to let Washburn get the guys upfield, and uh, I think that's just what you need to do. Sound. That's what I'm hoping for, Bob. Fundamental football, and be willing to attack. I, I, I tend to agree with you, Bob. Is one one thing thing the position coaches are going to be. The position What's coaches are going to be huge. Yeah, you need to give him some experience around him to help him, but. Uh, I really think that, you know, with McDermott, how many times did we see these guys missing tackles? I mean, I question if they ever did a tackling drill under him. It was outrageous, just the lack of fundamentals. You know, simple things like never hitting the tight end off the ball. That's why tight ends have killed this defense. They never hit them off off the line of scrimmage. They always get a free release. What do you expect? No linebacker can stick with a tight end who just got a free release off the ball. Agreed, Bob, but I will say this, too. Um, I was actually uh, talking to Carlos Emmons um, on Facebook, asking some questions, because he's really the last one that's been able to cover the tight end. Yeah. He made a good point. The tight ends have gotten so athletic, it's kind of, they kill a lot of defenses. It's tough to, to, to shut down a tight end because they've gotten, you know, look at Vernon Davis. He didn't exist 10 years ago. You know, so that, that is part of it, and, and he made the point, too, one of the reasons he was so good at it, because he, he said he was a DB in high school. And that's kind of just was his mentality. He said you don't see that a lot in guys his size, and he's right. Yeah. Uh, that said, Bob, I can't disagree with you. I mean, they have been lousy yeah. covering the tight ends. Yeah, I mean, I think if you give a tight end that free release, you know, he's running at the linebacker who is, you know, he's trying to anticipate, okay, is he going to go right, is he going to go left? And those tight ends are more athletic. So you've got to get in their face, and you've got to knock them off the route so you can stick with them. You give them that first pop, and even if it's just the defensive end coming off and popping him, just throwing them off that little bit can affect it so much, but they don't yeah. do it, ever. Okay, what were you going to say before? Me? Yeah. I was just, you know, when you guys are talking about attitude, I mean, that's one of the biggest things that, that, that you just simply don't see on the defense and call it because there's lack of personnel. You can call coaching, whatever it may be, but there's just something stale. Uh, about the defense. There isn't anybody vocal. And that was part of the concern of, of letting a guy like Dawkins walk a few years back is who was going to be that voice. And there really, there really hasn't been anybody, whether it's a coach or a player, to, to step up and kind of be the voice of that defense. One of the reasons why I was actually looking when we were going through this entire process, like it or not, I mean, obviously you can have your opinions, but I was looking at Singletary 
for just to be a voice. And obviously, he went and took the job as a linebackers coach. But I was looking at him saying, you know what? If anybody can can spark the defense or at least get him to buy, you know, I mean, look how we turned around Vernon Davis. You just mentioned Vernon Davis. Well, Vernon Davis wasn't Vernon Davis. You know, Singletary got to him. Um, so I think he was the type of guy that uh, that the defense needs. And I'm just not sure who that's going to be. Hopefully, Castillo. But but attitude is something the defense. By far, 100% to me in the pecking order is one of the things that uh, is key for them. I agree with you, Jay. We've got to take a quick break, but uh, there is maybe somebody that could add some dog, to say the least, to this defense in the offseason. And we'll, we'll discuss him when we get back on G Cobb and the House on VoiceAmericaSports.com. Is a beauty. It's a fly ball deep right field. That goes O'Neal. He's at the shot. Got it. With 2.8 seconds left to left. I don't care where they put him. This one is out of here. From high school to the pros, we we cover everything. Let your voice be heard. Voice America Sports. So Andy Serling packed his bags, left the city, and is enjoying his temporary digs in Saratoga. But that won't stop us from bringing you Playing to Win, the best online handicapping show for serious horse players. Catch Andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of August on location from the beautiful Saratoga Racecourse. He and his guests are some of the best in the biz. They bring you new insights to making money, and they tell it like it is. I'm 3-5-1 in this race, but the three is very much the one to be. We're going to completely disagree on this race. I absolutely disagree. Spicer, especially at one to two. And it's anything but the same old horse racing show. This is a nine horse field, but really there are seven donkeys and two zebras. Playing to win with Andy Serling, a show seriously committed to making more money at the game, but with a personality. This is a dunce cap horse for me. If this horse wins next week, I got the dunce cap on. YouBet.com's Playing to Win, presented by the Daily Racing Forum. Look for it the day before big race days, mostly Fridays. Find a complete schedule in the Daily Racing Forum or click on Playing to Win at YouBet.com. Now there's a new destination for video content, VoiceAmerica.tv, just like our radio channels and so much more. Voice America Variety, Health and Wellness, Business, Sports, Green Talk, Power Up Motorsports, and 7th Wave Network now have their own video channel components. Plus, check out exclusive programming, including movies, music, educational courses, science and history, current events, and short features. High-definition, premier-quality programs available 24-7, VoiceAmerica.tv. If you think you've seen online TV like this before, let us support you. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. You're joined up with G Cobb in the house, featuring Gary Cobb and co-host Michael Warren. You want to get in on the conversation? Call in now. It's toll-free. 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or send an email to GaryCobb at AOL.com. Remember, two R's and two B's in that name. Now back to G Cobb in the house. And we're back on G Cobb in the house. I'm Michael Warren, along with Haran Knight. Jason Ashworth and Bob Cunningham. I try and say all you guys in a different order each time because I don't want anyone to get like preferential treatment or anything like that. Mm. But uh, <laughs> so, so we're talking Eagles and what they need to do. And uh, there is a topic amongst Eagles fans that's I wouldn't say polarizing, but people have different opinions on what to do. And uh, this guy got in the news again today. Yet, ag- yet again, is in the news for something bad. Uh, I think we can all agree that Mr. Hainsworth is not going to be on the Redskins this year. 
Safe to say? Probably not. No, how, right. true was that, how true was that story? <laughs> how true was it? Yeah, I heard I heard that his agent denied it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and um, you know what? And Haran, look, it's perfectly reasonable to think that somebody is trying to get money out of this guy or trying to make him look bad. The problem with Hainsworth is that he's just lost the benefit of the doubt. You know, yeah. true. If someone said Tom Brady punched him in the car, you'd be like, well, it might be more to that story than we know. Hayes yeah, the interesting he... part, if you, li- if you read the story, the interesting part was the guy, when he called the cops, he said Haynesworth may have hit him. But what do you mean, may- did he or did he not? <laughs> if Haynesworth hit you, you, you knew it. I think you would know when Albert Haynesworth hit you. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Andre Gerard knew it. Yeah. <laughs> Andre Gerard knew it. Yeah. Here's the question, and... There's been talk about whether the Eagles should bring this guy in because he can clearly be had for a trade. I think a fifth would get him out of there, and I don't even know if I would give up the fifth. Um, but I was listening to uh, Dinger, who I'm a huge Dinger fan, mm-hmm. as oh, most I... everyone is. Yep. Um, and he said, no way, no how. No parts of it. He's like, did you... And he's got a good point because we all know when Hainsworth's not motivated, he is a dog. And Dinger was, he's like, did you see him laying out on the ground last night? laying in the field while the play's going on around? He's like, it's embarrassing. Yeah. It is embarrassing. But when he's motivated, you get, what, 07 and 08, which were his contract years where he's playing with franchise tag. I mean, before that, he, he played with Jim Washburn. Really yeah, but he played poorly for Jim Washburn, too, Jay. Before this contract was up, he wasn't very good with Tennessee. And then all of a sudden, he was a monster. He wanted to get paid. Nah. Now, would would you? I wouldn't trade for him, but if he's released, which he likely will be, would you sign him to a one-year deal? Two-year. I go two. I think one on two. Yeah. But I did. I, I said this, and Micah, you can. Tell, I said this months ago. I got in an argument with Micah about this. Oh, uh, he's so proud of himself. Uh, no, I'm not <laughs> proud of myself. I'm. Just, it's just hilarious how you have automatically switched sides. That's not true. Anyway. So I would give him a two-year run for the simple reason that if you give him the one-year, uh, it's kind of like what they did with Vic. If you give him a one-year and he comes in here motivated he, and he's a beast, well, then guess what? You're either going to have to pay him top dollar or he's going to walk. You give him a right. two-year instead of late and deal. Let him be the beast the first year. You still hold it. You still got him for that second year. Now, if he's a dog in his first year, okay, got him. No big deal. But I would just be weary on giving him a one-year deal and then letting him blow up and then he walks or you have to pay him top dollar. If you can get two years of production out of him, I mean, i go for it. Right. I, I think about it. It's got to be an incentive-laden deal. And I didn't just all of a sudden turn 180 on it. No, uh, don't listen to him, guys. Yes, he did. <laughs> <laughs> Clearly. Well, well you know, maybe there was situations where I feel like you have to have him, but if the situation is right, I, I, I would give him a shot. He's a difference maker. We can say what we want. He's a stud, and he's a stud in the middle of defense. So, Jay, maybe that's why I turned uh, in your eyes. Was I, I had seen a little bit more of this Eagles defense, and I had enough and said, you know what, throw it. <laughs> throw it. That's, that's fair. That's fair. I'll give you that. Antonio Dixon's the best tackle on this team. Yeah, you put him and, and Hainsworth together, Trent Cole's not going to wear, wear down by Halloween, so... <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's, that's like exactly that's, that's what he was thinking about. <laughs> so, and, and you know what? And, and even Trent Cole's not even one of the undersized guys we're talking about. He's like two seventy, right? That's a decent size these days for an end. He gets so beat up though, because everyone knows they can focus on him. That by the time the year's winding down, he's dead. 
Yeah, no, you, right. Trent Cole to me, you look at it. I think he's listed at two sixty five, but you look at him. If you stand by him, you're like, you're two sixty five, really? I mean, he he may be listed at two sixty five, but that might be soaking wet because he just, he doesn't rub off as a, you. He doesn't rub off as a big dude. Uh, well, that's just, true too. Is that these media guys? Remember, uh, Brian Westbrook grew two inches in one year. The players tell the media guys what they want in there. So, I mean, that's a good point. That doesn't have to be accurate. But he, he's not like a little skinny guy regardless, even if he's not the weight that they say he is. Uh, and the problem is now, did they address see, – see, here's my concern. When, by taking Brandon Graham, they think, oh, we already addressed the other side of Trent Cole. Well, you're not going to know if you, if you have a hit with Brandon Graham until 2012. He's got a whole season to recover. You're not the same after an ACL. Mm-hmm. So they're not even going to know if they've addressed it properly for some two years. So That's do you go out true. and you do something else on the opposite side of him? Ray Edwards. Yeah, yeah, I saw. What was it I saw on him? I think he might hit. Is that what you read too, Haran, that they're going to let him walk? Yeah, he, it's been noted that he is very unlikely that he's going to go back to Minnesota. Um, right, I, I definitely don't think they're not going to franchise him, and he's going to be an unrestricted free agent. So, well, the word is that they're going to franchise. That... I'm sorry, the word right. is that they're going to franchise Greenway and transition Sydney Rice. Right. So uh, I think not... Ray Edwards is going to overprice himself, especially for Philly. I, I think he thinks he's a lot better than what he is. Well, Bob, right. you have to remember too. He looks a lot better because he's got Jared Allen and Kevin Williams on that line. So, Very like, all true. of a sudden, he's going to Jason Worth to the Nationals, where it's like, ah, oh, he's not hit behind Ryan Howard anymore, is he? Yeah. That's <laughs> yeah. fun it's with that. Too. And that does happen. I mean, but uh, I'm not saying that they're going to break the bank on a defensive end. But, oh, God. What other options do they have as far as what's on the roster? Uh, I mean, you could – it's going to depend now what he wants – Jason Babin will be an unrestricted free agent. Uh, he might want to follow uh, Washburn, as he's alluded to. He's but again, he's that's going to depend on what kind of salary he wants. What's that, Jay? That was Ron, not me. He's already pretty much said that he wants to come back to Philly with Washburn. Yeah, but is he going to want paid like a guy who just had 12 and a half sacks in a Pro Bowl season? Because if he does... Right. Count him out. He's done. But I agree with you, Bob. I don't, I don't want him for that, big money. That was one year, and he's 31 years old. So, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, well, I mean, that, that's what I mean. There's no way. If he comes out and says, you know, I want $8 million a year, they will laugh no. him out of the Novacare no. complex or, or just laugh him off the phone. It, it won't matter. I mean, there, there's no. just no chance of that happening. Nobody's giving him $8 million. No, yeah. not at all. And remember this when someone gives him $8 million in, in April. Yeah, the Raiders. Yeah, I was just going to say that. I was like, oh, my gosh. There's always the Oakland Raiders. Raiders. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, it, uh, I wanted to comment on, on the Hainsworth talk earlier. Uh, if Ernie Sims was worth a fifth-round pick, Albert Hainsworth definitely is worth it. Is worth a shot. Yeah, I, uh, nobody said he was worth a fifth-round pick. <laughs> if you're going to give up a fifth-round pick for Ernie Sims, and then say, no, I won't give up a fifth-round pick for Albert Hainsworth, yeah. you can put me on the that's, fire that's read bandwagon. Yeah. How many years is left in Hainsworth's contract, the current one he has? Uh, you know I what? think three, but he's only making like 
five mil a year, something like that. Yeah, his money is worth the play. Uh, his contract from here on out, because he got—I mean, he got paid all his money. Yeah. For purposes, he's making just like five mil a year, something like that. Yeah, that's the, okay. um, yeah. I mean, Danny Snyder cut him a twenty-one million dollar check. Yeah. So. <laughs> Thanks, Danny boy. Yeah. <laughs> no, but he, he is. You're right. The big money has been paid in that contract, at least the guaranteed portion. But that's another reason, Bob, why the Eagles might not give up a fifth round pick for him. If they know he's just going to get cut, why do you I don't think you're going to cut him? I mean, Shanahan. Uh, Shanahan's a couple words I can't say on air. I, I, I don't. I don't see him letting him go. I think they would just stow him away just out of spite. I mean, I. Snyder said today. Snyder said today, there's. It's not pre. You know, it's not a foregone conclusion that we're getting rid of him. Uh, you know, it may all work out. I think that's probably posturing to try and work a trade. But oh yeah, I mean, I, if the Titans wouldn't give up a fourth for him last year, and they were well aware, they they knew him as well as anybody. You know, I, I wonder if they're really going to get what, what they think they're going to get. But we'll see what happens. Uh, we got to run right now. I want to thank you guys for hanging out with us. Uh, we got the Super Bowl this weekend. Any quick Super Bowl thoughts? Bobby, stay with the Packers. Still with the Packers, yes. Jay. Haran. Steelers. Oh, you want Haran to go first? Haran, who you got? I got the Steelers. It's going to be close, though. So. All right, Jay, what do you got? I have no idea. I've been looking at this. I have no idea. Oh, back <laughs> wow, Jay, like that, huh? I said last week I'd have an answer. I, I can't go against the Steelers. I can't do it. I'll take the Steelers in four. Out of the Steelers, All right. Four points. <laughs> I thought you meant four games. <laughs> yeah. All right, look, I'm taking the Steelers, too. we got to run. I want to thank Karan Knight and Bob Cunningham and Jason Ashworth. I'm Michael Warren. This is G Cobb in the house on VoiceAmericaSports.com. Enjoy the Super Bowl, and we'll see you next week. Time to break the huddle. We'll be back again next Friday at 4 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Eastern for another edition of G Cobb in the House with Gary Cobb and Micah Warren. Have a great weekend, and we'll see you again soon. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.